0: Hello and welcome to Wellbeing. I'm Dr. Virginia Reed. Some of you may remember a show that we produced earlier with Bruce Lipton on the biology of belief where we discussed the premise that a lot of what we believe affects our biology. And the theory was great, but now we find that there's actually something we can do about that. To discuss a revolutionary new program with me, I have Dr. Rob Williams Tell us a little bit about Psyche.
1: I think Psyche is really um, an answer to a question that I had to ask myself for several years. And I, I think if people ask themselves the question, they would see that it begs an answer. And that is that, why doesn't my life look like the wisdom I possess? In other words, once you've learned to do the right thing or you know the right thing to do in your life, why don't you actually do it? What keeps us from using what we know and having our lives look like a direct reflection? Uh, this haunted me for quite some time. So, uh, trained as a traditional psychotherapist in the United States, I found the training lacking, quite frankly, and that it didn't address the issue of just knowing what to do and then using willpower and force of consciousness to get what I wanted actually worked. So, uh, Psyche actually has come into existence, and I'll say that, Virginia, because. In this, and a lot of people create what they what they use. I didn't really create Psyche. I can't really say that, in all honesty. I can say that I was prepared to receive information, and mm-hmm. the patterns uh, that I now that are now called Psyche and that are taught around the world uh, were, were really received by me in a series of I'd call them sort of cosmic downloads. Mm-hmm. And the patterns then were, um, uh, were were put into a format that could be shared with others.
0: And one presumes because of its um, efficacy. That there was an accurate translation occurred
1: yeah the translation was actually straightforward it was in english that was handy for that me was handy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was as if i could uh, see a, a script in my mind and that that mm-hmm. was startled me because this was in 1988-89 and about mm-hmm. two or three months time a series of these patterns showed up in my in my consciousness and uh, and while i was familiar with some of the, the pieces and parts of them i'd never seen them synthesized in quite this way so they were unique in that sense and since I don't generally, uh, historically, visualize easily, I was quite startled to see the, the form in my head, uh, like a script, where I mm-hmm. could just read it. So I just typed it into the computer. Now, if you want to call that creating something, I suppose you can, but I can hardly take credit for it other than being a receiver of the information and then uh, typing it into a computer and then eventually uh, putting it into a format where it could be used by others and eventually taught by others.
0: When did you start to share it and what happened?
1: Well, in the beginning, I was since nothing like that had ever happened to me, I'd always been a very intellectual fellow and was able to sit down and, and pull things together and construct things and create them. All of a sudden, this was given to me as if it was kind of a uh, complete gift all of a sudden. And I was skeptical because I'd never had that happen to me before. And so I was very, very cautious about um, applying these uh, these techniques to anyone. I started with myself just in case something was going to go amiss, I'd rather go with me than
0: someone yeah, well, else. Well, I guess you're, you're kind of thinking that might have already happened.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, uh, I then uh, got some uh, close friends that were willing to be um, guinea pigs, as sure. we call them here in the U.S., <laughs> and, uh, and we uh, ran the patterns with them, and it turns out nothing but good things came out of it, quite astonishing things for the most part for, from our point of view because they were all therapist friends of mine. And eventually I, um, I began to use it in my private practice, in psychotherapy and found that the results were quite astounding compared to anything else i had heard of or or actually studied And i'd studied many different modalities so i realized it was really a benevolent gift and i i then implemented it full-time in my practice and eventually got to the point where i realized that i shouldn't be the only focal point for this information that it needed to be disseminated much more widely nationally and internationally so i um i had identified several people that were very competent uh, professional therapists, most of them to begin with, and I, I created a certification program, taught them how to teach the work after I was teaching classes for a while, and then uh, at this moment we have uh, literally uh, instructors, uh, certified instructors all around the world, including Australia.
0: And what sort of people were you seeing at the time that you created it? What were the, some of the problems that you were seeing? Just to give us an idea of the spectrum of your practice.
1: Sure. Well, in the beginning, being a a psychotherapist, of course, the kind of people that came to me had uh, typical problems that are associated with uh, therapy. They would have fears or phobias. They would have uh, some self-confidence issues, but sometimes physical problems, uh, certainly emotional problems, depression, um, obsessive-compulsive behavior, all of that sort of thing. And uh, and I was astounded at the results I was getting because uh, the, the mainstream... Psychological approach didn't seem to have nearly the efficacy uh, of this uh, psyche work, and as I um, got comfortable with uh, clinical use, I also found out it had extraordinary use just in our ordinary lives. You don't have to be broken right. to benefit from psyche. All
0: right. And so, what sort of benefits are we talking about?
1: Well, as I mentioned, some of them are uh, releasing of, of, of fears and phobias. Weight loss, it's used constructively for that. Weight loss is one of those things where people think it's a chemical imbalance or it's just a willpower issue. No, actually it's a belief system issue. People have a variety of beliefs about uh, their own bodies and their own weight, and sometimes they're tied into self esteem and self image issues, so it's very um, comfortable to use it in that realm. Sports performance issues, health issues I mean, the mind body connection is what Dr. Lipton and I uh, mm-hmm. talk about and why we work together so that he can explain the science behind how you get the beliefs you have and how they affect your physiology and your psychology. Mm-hmm. I can then say, okay, you're not stuck with those beliefs if they're not serving you. Here's a safe, effective, non invasive way to change them quickly.
0: So how did you two get together? How did you get to know about each other?
1: Well, it was one of those uh, cosmic synchronicities, I think. Uh, we were uh, teaching at and, and uh, doing presentations at a, a conference in the Rocky Mountains here in the US, and uh, his uh, his talk interested me because in effect what he was saying was explaining what, yeah. what I did and how it worked. Uh, he didn't explain how I did what I did, but he explained why it worked in the first place. So. I heard his presentation, he heard mine. To make a long story short, both of us said, gee, we have half a story each, (laughs) but if we put it together, people can understand the science behind personal change in a way that just hasn't been available uh, before.
0: Mm, Yes, a lot of people get terribly frustrated about the money and the... um time and energy that goes into academia uh, with very little practical results, I can imagine that he would have been more than thrilled to find now a, a hands-on tool that could be used to affect what he was talking about. It's a, it's a common problem with academia.
1: Well, Bruce found that out in his background academically as a cell biologist. Mm. I found it out from my graduate studies uh, in psychotherapy, mm. and both of us were um, well, how can we say, uh, a bit dismayed would be a general way to say it <laughs> mm-hmm. in terms of what we've been shown and taught as truth and uh, in, in the university situation. And the universities were doing the best they could, but they sure. seldom took the time to look outside of uh, of their own uh, yes. um, academic uh, prison, so sort to of mm-hmm. speak. I mm-hmm. Yes, think that's it right. That it
0: way. is definitely a very concrete construct, of university. Exactly. And becoming more so in this country at any rate. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. So was was it that you were um, somewhat disappointed or dismayed or, as I find sometimes as a practitioner, you get quite downhearted that you, you know what the problem is but you can't fix it and you don't have the tools. You know you definitely don't have the tools to fix this and you wish that you did, literally. Absolutely, yeah.
1: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The big myth was that uh, insight alone plus willpower would equal change. That was the mantra of mainstream psychotherapy, at least in this country, where you have to get clear about your past, then you have to go revisit it, often re-experience oh, it, yes, and through yes. that process of a gut-wrenching, emotional catharsis, yep, 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 yep. somehow you're supposed to change. All I found was that uh, you just cried every week. Exactly. <laughs>
0: you compounded that effect. You put your attention on that, that. and guess what? It manifested. That's right. (laughs) That's precisely how I feel about uh, a lot of the techniques. That you know, until I came across this sort of work, you know, I sort of thought, oh, I don't want to send you there because I just don't know that we're going to fix. You know, we're going to help you, and uh, it's quite disheartening because you see these people, you know, a year later, and they're no better off, and you and you know that they're suffering, (laughs) and you can't affect it. It's tragic. And that's when you come across this stuff. Yep. Absolutely. So when you uh, have used it personally, you instantly felt the results. Is that what you were saying?
1: Well, um, in in a way, yes, that's true. When the result is a change in a feeling or a perception that can be uh, experienced immediately, yes. Like if it's stress, you can feel it immediately. If it's anxiety, or you can feel it immediately. If the goal, that instead of just releasing some physiological symptom or some psychological symptom, uh, perhaps uh, psych is particularly uh, geared towards goal achievement. So if you want to change the way you are in the world for some uh, reason, uh, what you're doing isn't working for you, sometimes you don't feel it instantly because the goal might be to acquire a new job or to move into a new profession yes. or... You know, So it's going to take time for some things because there are three-dimensional experiences you have to have, maybe even skills you have to acquire. But the psychological mindset that supports the behaviors that get you what you want is what Psyche is about. That's why we deal uh, with the subconscious mind so uh, much because that's where the real power uh, in terms of a processing uh, unit goes for your mind. It's the one that really sort of runs the show about 95% of the time.
0: You're listening to Wellbeing, I'm Dr. Virginia Reid and I'm discussing a new technique in belief management with Rob Williams, the author of Site K. So Rob you were mentioning that you had had instant results. Can you tell me what the actual process is?
1: Well the process is, is a combination of things but it relies largely on uh, what I would call brain dominance theory or split brain research. It, it requires accessing and then uh connecting in a sense creating crosstalk between the left hemisphere of the brain and the right in the traditional uh, uh brain dominance theory the left hemisphere of the brain serves certain functions, like logic and thinks in words, it deals in parts and specifics, it analyzes things, breaks them down, and so on. The right hemisphere is really quite different. It's the seat of your emotions, intuition, creativity, thinks in pictures, not in words, it deals in holes, and relationships not in parts, and so on. So these two elements in the research that goes along with it indicates that when both hemispheres are activated at the same time, you have a unique opportunity to process at a very high-functioning level and it turns out not only high-functioning but it's an ideal state to reduce the resistance to internalizing a new idea or belief we we have these uh... train we are trained into uh, essentially an over-identification pattern with the left or the right hemisphere of the brain at a very early age it's not that we're all left or all right it's actually situational virginia but the training is nevertheless habituated so when you Experience say stress in your life, or conflict, or fear, or opportunity, or standing up in public, and you're going to speak, and so on. How you perceive that situation is a function of your childhood programs. If you can get both hemispheres of the brain working at the same time, you can rewrite that software, really with virtually no resistance, using uh, the psyche uh, process.
0: And so, are you saying that what your process does is stimulate both hemispheres, and then put in a new belief.
1: Correct. First step is to reduce the resistance, which is done by activating and accessing both hemispheres of the brain at the same time. You can do that in a simple physiological way, either through a movement or a sitting posture, something called the whole brain posture is what we use in Psyche. Uh, also, uh, an activity called cross-crawls is another way to physiologically activate the hemispheres.
0: Okay. I've, I've known about sort of cross-crawling probably for about 20 years because of mm-hmm. the work with children. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's how you activate the two hemispheres at the same time. And then you pop in the new belief.
1: Yes. And that makes it really easy to do because by the time you're popping in the new belief, there's no resistance to the new belief. You're not using willpower and effort Mm -hmm. or repetition or affirmations or any of that. It's quite, quite
0: simple. Mm. And then what happens to the beliefs that are already there?
1: My opinion, and no one could really answer that question because no one can see a belief, but my guess is <laughs> <feel> that <laughs> uh, exactly there's a, you can see the printout of the belief. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. But my sense of it is that there's a reprioritization that takes place. There's not a deleting or a, a, a disappearing of a belief, because actually, you know, when you think about it, virtually every belief could be useful in some context, maybe only once in your life would a belief that normally you would not want to activate or want to be any part of your life may actually save your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it's a good idea, even if we could, to delete beliefs, because then you delete uh, possibilities, you delete, you delete opportunities, you delete abilities to, to operate in the world mm. in a, f- a full way. To respond appropriately
0: but, in the moment, yeah.
1: Correct, but you do want to uh, have your life reflect your current wisdom and, and if we're paying attention at all in our lives, you know, we're gaining some wisdom and clarity about why we're here and who we are and what this is about and how what we really want in life and what's worth wanting in the first place, that sort of thing. And when you get to that place, that's when you want to be able to write scripts that are like new software in your computer. You don't want to run your computer on ancient software. You run it around on current software.
0: Mm. Well, I guess what you're saying is you want to respond appropriately in the moment. But Correct. Uh, what are this, just, just give me an example of a belief that doesn't allow you to do that
1: well for instance there are a myriad of them that having to do with self esteem like I don't deserve uh, a good relationship or I don't deserve more money than a certain amount or I don't deserve to be happy or I'm not I'm unworthy of love there are just a zillion of these beliefs That people carry around largely um, from their childhood. That's where we get most of them initially. And unless there's a way to change them, they run throughout the course of our lives, and they they put a limit on virtually everything that you do. Your your uh, financial prosperity is limited by what you believe about yourself and and money. Your emotional prosperity, so to speak, is limited by what you think you deserve in a relationship or uh, who who you really are. And do you are you worthy of a of a wonderful life filled with joy? Are you the kind of person that no matter how hard you try, it's never good enough? You're not. worthy of much of anything you should just leave a you know lead a life of quiet desperation and don't complain <laughs> so our beliefs are ubiquitous virginia they, they they are the perceptions through which we see the world mm. you can think of them as a, a, a pair of glasses you know and mm. you look out through the world those filters determine your experience of what's out there even though the mm. same thing is out there for all of us yeah. your experience is determined by the filters
0: i think the other thing that i believe is that they set up an attractor force in other words, it's a bit like the secret. You attract into your life what you hold already within you, Absolutely. what you actually believe.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And and what you actually believe, I would say actually in this context of our conversation, I would describe as what you believe subconsciously. In other yeah. words, below your conscious awareness, yeah. you may have beliefs that exactly. are anesthetical to the ones that you uh, assign yourself and ascribe to at the conscious level. So when there's a discrepancy between a conscious yes. belief and goal and a subconscious belief, yes. then life can feel like you're trying to push a rock uphill, but you never get it up there.
0: Exactly. So the way that you put beliefs in is into the subconscious...
1: Yes, directly. The conscious okay. mind decides what belief is worth wanting, because the conscious mind's job okay. is is discernment. It's the one that looks around and says, oh, well, gee, there are elements of my life I don't really like now. I think I would like to change that. But it doesn't have a clue about how to actually change it. Mm-hmm. But in conjunction with the subconscious, which does have the mechanisms for making the change, and mm-hmm. with the proper direction and also, I would say, the proper clarification of your desire or your goal to the subconscious, then it seems quite magical. Things happen very
0: quickly. Mm. Yes, because certainly people will often say to me, I'm stuck, and I know I'm stuck, but I don't know how to get out of there. Correct. And so this is the reprogramming of the subconscious is what we need.
1: Right. Well, this is why I call uh, the Psyche book The Missing Piece in Your Life, and it's spelled two ways, P-I-E-C-E, which Mm -hmm. is The Missing Piece to Change. But then also... PEACE, which is the missing thing that most of us have in our lives because we're busy clamoring mm-hmm. to to make a living or to get through life or to work with our limiting beliefs or whatever they are and, and we, we feel no peace. We feel no the PEACE peace. You know, we mm. can't be at our at peace in the world if we're at war with ourselves. So Absolutely. we must we must call a truce between our mm. conscious wisdom and our outdated subconscious beliefs.
0: Mm. I think that's part of the reason I'd like this work to to flourish is because I think this is the only way we will get true peace. When we have peace within ourselves, we'll want peace externally. We'll create it in our external world.
1: Yeah, my, my advice to people is to stop praying for peace and mm-hmm. become peace.
0: Exactly. Yep.
1: We have to become what we want. We can't wait for somebody else to do it. It no. is our responsibility to be what we want.
0: This is it, absolutely. Mind you, if you're praying for peace, you part the way there. So you have done this work now for how long?
1: I uh, see the 18 years or so now since it started 1988-89.
0: Okay. And how popular has it become for example in the United States?
1: Well, uh, I don't know how to measure that against something else, but yeah. quite popular in the sense that um, there are classes taught all around the United States now. There are 32 instructors I believe around the world. Oh. Uh, there are uh, twenty some of them here in the US there are i think four or so in Canada three in Australia there's one in uh Oslo Norway there's also one in uh, Munich Germany uh, so it, it's becoming quite uh, uh worldwide now and, and it's been mm. it's come to the place where people understand the program we're having right now that with this discussion we're having that instead of it seeming so outlandish and so outrageous it seems like this makes sense and the, and I think mm-hmm. the world's ready to understand that they mm. Uh, that their belief systems are the primary driving force in the outpicturing of what they call their lives.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And Bruce Lipton gives you the piece about how you therefore can restructure a brain and neurochemistry and all the excuses why you can't change. are right. Actually, uh, they're the fiction. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you're listening to Wellbeing. I'm Dr. Virginia Reed, and we're discussing Psych K with Rob Williams. Rob, what are the sort of classical people that do come to you? What what do they want in their
1: lives? Well, typically a person that would come for a Psyche session would have... A- any, a full range of things. They could come for a physical problem. I've got a, a disease that apparently is, or they're told, is incurable. So I believe incurable means curable from within. Mm. <laughs> so mm. I don't think anything is ultimately incurable, mm. except maybe our uh, belief systems that uh, things are incurable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the catch. <laughs> but our, we've been habituated to believe those things. Other people would come to improve their golf game. Other people would uh, come to improve their, uh, uh, their physical well-being, like weight. Uh, or, and it's just, uh, virtually any activity in life that is mediated by beliefs, and I can't think of any that aren't, mm-hmm. are the kinds of things people want to do better at. Whether they come and say, look, I, I sabotage my prosperity all the time. I get a good job, and then I blow it, and then I end up, uh, you know, broke again, and I squander the money, and something's happening here, and I don't know why I do this. Well, there's a pretty good chance that your belief systems consciously, the ones that are desiring to make a living and live comfortably and all of that, are being sabotaged by the beliefs that say, well, you don't deserve money. Uh, You're not going to amount to anything. It's all those childhood beliefs kicking in and making life uh, very, very difficult.
0: And so how long do people usually spend with you? Is it a session? Is it a one-on-one session?
1: Yeah, generally, Psyche like is done one on one, as well as, of course, the classes, so that people don't need to come back to a facilitator uh, over and over again. They can literally learn how to do these things for themselves. But uh, the sessions are generally around an hour. Some people do them an hour and a half. The real important thing to understand is how many sessions, not how long each session is, because okay. with Psyche, they go very, very quickly in terms of change. If, you, if you've seen a Psyche facilitator more than two or three times, and and nothing's changed in the area you're working in, and something, then psyche isn't for you. There must be something else going on because, generally speaking, you'll see changes in the very first session, sometimes dramatic, profound, and that's all you need. In other cases, maybe it's two or three sessions or four sessions, um, and sometimes longer. I, I was working with uh, a cancer patient, and it took a while for the body to readjust in order to let go of the cancer. So we did maybe, I don't know, eight sessions over 12 months, and then uh, rechecked the um, uh, the cancer um, uh, situation. It happened to be breast cancer. And it had been reduced by oh, 50%. So the, mm. the radiologist just uh, told the woman that uh, she, if she wasn't afraid of cancer, that she shouldn't do anything about this. A mastectomy was not uh, called for. Whereas when the diagnosis was made six months earlier, the oncologist immediately called for a mastectomy.
0: Right. Do you feel that, you know, once you've actually done the technique if you like, that belief then holds.
1: Yeah, and let me address that because I have a philosophical uh, approach that maybe is a little odd to think about for some people, but I think of Psyche as more of a philosophy that is delivered with a technique than a technique having any power. Okay. And, you know, it's just a little bit different way of thinking about it, but I think an important distinction. And things don't come back because... Uh, they don't. We don't deal with the symptom. We deal with the cause of the symptom. Mm-hmm. When you deal with the symptom, you can eradicate a symptom. Allopathic medicine does it all the time. You can mm-hmm. take um, aspirin for a headache, but it doesn't have anything to do with what caused the headache. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, can, mm-hmm. you can put, uh, you, you know, you can put painkillers in the body. It doesn't have anything to do with what's causing the pain. It Doesn't cure anything. It masks the symptom. Mm-hmm. So, with psyche, in my opinion, where we get to go and why this is uh, such a wonderful. Uh, modality is that it deals with the original cause, not Mm. the effect. Most modalities deal with effects. You want to get this to go away or that to go away or get rid of this problem or that problem. But I found that what that does then is sets up the recidivism rate. Then it -hmm. it just says, okay, you never dealt with the problem. So when the problem reoccurs, the symptom reoccurs.
0: Mm. The only problem I can see with it is that, for example, people may perceive that Having more money, for example, will make right. them happy. And when it doesn't and they're not happy, aren't they going to blame Psych K because they're not going to realize that they actually wanted happiness? They wanted something else?
1: Yeah, that usually doesn't happen. They, okay. they learn that lesson uh, quite easily by getting what they wanted. What I say is Psych K will help you get what want, get, get what you want, yep. but it won't tell you what to want. That's no. none of our business. You know, okay. people, if they're going through their prosperity equals mm-hmm. happiness yep. phase, yep. <laughs> they have to get all the money <laughs> and to realize that, oh, gosh, you know, I've now got all this money and I'm miserable. What must not I'm have been about the miserable. money? I'm still miserable. Yeah, it
0: isn't the answer. So then you right. could go back and help those people with happiness issues, Yeah.
1: Certainly, and and I think that's, Virginia, that's really what people want. They want joy, happiness, a sense of peace in their Mm. life, a sense of feeling loved, a sense of being able to love, the real joyful Mm. things, and they they will go after the physical things because they think that's, we've been told in the culture, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. that's the uh, vehicle for Mm -hmm. happiness. And Mm -hmm. just try, you know, you as a counselor, just try to tell somebody that money isn't the answer to all their problems. absolutely. Well, they 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 look at me and they say,
0: well, it's easy for you to say, you've got (laughs) money, and I think, (laughs) Right. (laughs)
1: Well, the trick is, you got the money by learning that money wasn't the issue. And the mm. irony is this: the paradox is that if you're not chasing the money, if you go directly to to the prize, the ultimate prize, joy and happiness, mm. and you install that, you have a perspective on life that says everything brings me joy and happiness. Everything, That's every right. experience is a joy. Then you know you become this positive attractor for everything <laughs> That's that you want. Right. <laughs>
0: That's the secret. That's the piece yeah, that they don't tell the you thing. in the secret. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you got that right. I That's couldn't the agree secret more. The secret.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But then, I mean, it's a reductionist sort of approach, isn't it, really? You, uh, you, you, you do need to, I believe, you do need to have the experiences on the way because they actually have got a lot of really amazing and very unique information in them about you as a person. And that in itself is joyous.
1: I think it's very important for people to have uh, direct experience. You can benefit from other people's wisdom to a point. For for most people, they have to learn it for themselves in the experience.
0: Yes, because it's their unique experience. You can't put that on someone else. Correct. Once you've learned the technique, you can use it at home or whatever yourself.
1: That's correct. And the whole point is... To not have you come back, in other words, it's kind of the the biblical idea of you. Okay. You know, if a person is hungry, you can either give them a fish or you can teach them to fish. And in Psyche, we're much more interested in teaching you how to do for yourself than to be the one that does with you.
0: Mm. Yeah, so you're actually wanting to shift people into this new mode.
1: We want to empower them, Virginia, because they uh-huh. become then ground zero for other changes with other people. Literally, parents and uh, yeah. and young kids. I've had children as young as twelve years old come and take these classes and do uh-huh. beautifully with it. Yeah. They go home and they do these this work, this change work with their friends and with each other and their family and then business cohorts. And it's a way to leverage the the field effect as quickly as possible to get Mm. consciousness shifting because we're headed there. But if Mm. we drag our our heels along Mm. the way, it's just going to be painful. If we embrace the change instead Mm. of fear it and we all Mm. are empowered to really get in touch with and fully express the divine nature of who we really are. I think the real secret isn't the secret to the law of attraction. It's the real secret. And the best-kept secret is we are divine beings yes. having a human experience.
0: Yes, absolutely. And then when we,
1: when we step fully into the presence of our divinity yes. and print that out, yep. then all these things we see that look like uh, limitations and, and difficult, painful circumstances, wars and so on going on in the world, mm. that will change because we will recognize that the law of one is, uh, is not just a, a euphemism, it's a fact. We are all interconnected. When we hurt another, we hurt ourselves.
0: Mm, absolutely. Yeehaw. Well, I mean, at the moment, though, the way you, you stand, it, they, they can use it to rob a bank, but you'd really rather they didn't.
1: Well, the only reason they can't use it to rob a bank is because of a very important factor in Psyche, and that is there is a connection to the superconscious, the higher self uh, component, and none of the oh, software... there's a
0: component of that in Psyche.
1: Well, you can't even get past step three in the, in the change processes without having permission from your superconscious to get into the level of the computer that could change a belief. So I can sleep mm. at night teaching you these amazing things that you can do that actually come from inside you, knowing full well that one's higher self will never uh, decide that it's a good thing to rob a bank or hurt somebody. Mm. Only the personality can do that, and the only reason they can do it is they're disconnected from that superconscious
0: yeah which is the beginning of suffering terrific rob thank you very much firstly of course for for downloading site k opening the space up so that it could get downloaded and i'm sure that's that intention to actually do something and help with the suffering you perceived in the world and also for spreading it to the listeners in australia today would you be able to give us something that people could use to access Psyche the best they can in Australia?
1: The best way would simply go to the, um, the Psyche website itself, and from that website there are a list of instructors worldwide, and so you can get instructor uh, contact information from the website. And it's simple. It's simply com, and it's spelled P-S-Y-C-H hyphen K. That's P-S-Y-C-H hyphen dot com, and that will get you the information about PsyK, about instruction and courses all around the world. It'll get you information actually about Bruce Lipton as well and his wonderful book called The Biology of Belief. My book is there, PsyK, The Missing Piece in Your Life. There's a DVD that Bruce and I did together called The Biology of Perception, The Psychology of Change, which gives you a full complement of the philosophy and science behind what we're doing
0: fabulous thank you so much for your time and your effort much appreciated
1: thank you virginia
0: you've been listening to wellbeing i'm dr virginia reed and i've been discussing site k with its author rob williams thanks very much for listening all of us here at wellbeing wish you well